Hi, we're the Rices. We've been married for 12 years. We have six kids from the ages of nine to zero, and we're full of passion to raise a household that serves and honors the Lord. And we want to encourage others to do the same. podcast this is season three episode seven and we are back again having another candid conversation this time about teaching discernment to your kids i think that as these podcasts go we get more candid i think we (laughs) have more more back and forth and you guys get to see a little bit of our hearts and our personalities but this is a very serious topic that we don't want to make light of, but we do want to encourage you in. Discernment in adulthood alone is difficult, let alone teaching your kids discernment. But what we want to start with is kind of this formative foundational truth that we believe and that we think that you need to start your kids with first before you can enter into the discernment conversation. And that is the difference between relative truth and absolute truth. Man, what a huge topic. Because our world today wants to push the idea of relative truth. Which is? Which is the idea that whatever is true to you is true to you. Yeah. And that more than one thing can be true. Yeah, and it's not just true to you, but you have to believe somebody else is true. Well, then it becomes not actually subjective truth because then their subjective truth becomes the absolute truth. Yes. And that's the fallacy of the yes. argument. Okay, but- did that just go way over your head? <laughs> Let me tell you a kid analogy for this. How about that? Yeah, go for it. Okay. We have a picture book that we read to our kids about absolute truth and relative truth. And in the story, there is a mom with her two kids. And I forget what um, animal character, but some animal character comes up to, oh, I think it's, a, is it the chameleon? Yeah. The chameleon with the boogly eyes, they say. <laughs> and he comes up to the kids and he is trying to say, well, he, you know, I believe this and so that that's what's right. And so the mom asked this chameleon, well, if I had a cup with a little goldfish in it, but I told you that I believed it was a whale, am I right? Am he, I true? He's like, well, of course not. It's a goldfish. Right. And she's like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. But the argument that he was trying to make was that the worms weren't really the kid's worms because he wanted privilege to the worms. And so the analogy, though, or the, the argument breaks down. Yeah. Right? Because... They want to look at some things as objectively true and some things as not objectively true unless your version of truth disagrees with their version of truth and then their version of truth is actually true, true, not unobjectively true. Before we lose you in this like (laughs) circling spiral down the toilet, which is what relative truth is, let's talk about what we should be teaching our kids when it comes to absolute truth. Yeah, we actually have to be teaching our kids that we live in a world 
where it is required that we discern good from evil. Mm-hmm. And maybe more specifically, discernment is kind of sorting out between what is right and what is almost right. Yeah. When you think about even in the Bible, many, many examples from the Garden of Eden and on are the snake, for example, comes and says something that almost sounds right or that is close to but not Correct. And those are almost the harder ones to decipher. Yeah. And so you've heard us talk a lot on this podcast about our discernment processes mm-hmm. and and our kind of working through ideas of what we're faced with parenting in the world today and in living our own Christian lives in the world today and some of those discernment points and decisions that we've made. But part of what we want to emphasize today is how we're teaching that discernment to our kids. Yeah. How how do we teach them that there's good and evil in the world? How do we teach them to sort out between true and almost true? Mm-hmm. And what tools and what character traits kind of get built out of that? Yes. And discernment, it truly needs to stem from truth, that absolute truth that we talked about. But it also kind of has nuances in that. Some also discernment needs to come from convictions, which comes from taking a situation, taking a thing, and applying God's word to it. I think of examples from um, where we have to look at, we, we had a whole uh, episode that's actually one of our most popular episodes right now on the discernment during October. There's a many things that come up. And while the Bible talks about elements of those things, it is up to the parent through prayer and reading the word of God to rightly decide uh, that conviction for their family. But that is a huge process. How do we start to show that process to our kids Well, it's by taking the steps of working through those things with your kids, right? Yeah. There's obviously some things that the Bible speaks very clearly about. Yes. And then there's other things that, you know, would fall in the category of Christian liberty. Right. And Christian liberty is something that's been talked a lot about in the last several years. Um, Lots of great long form podcasts (laughs) that you could get into, not from us, but from other wise men talking about Christian liberty, but it reminds me of Romans chapter 14. The first part of that chapter says, now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on opinions. One person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables only. And it's just kind of, and the chapter goes on, but Paul is comparing Like you both have the liberty and the faith to do these things. And one feels like they can do it without stumbling. And another feels like it would lead them to sin or their conviction stands against that. And so I think that's what you're saying is that some things the Bible speaks very clearly about what is true and that is easier to discern. And then some things we have to discern out of our convictions but i think that gets into what the character traits are yeah because those character traits will help to build 
the conviction. So as we're teaching our kids this, I think the first thing that we really work on imparting to them comes out of first John chapter four. And it says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Test. Test is such a good word. Test. Compare. Yes. Look at what is being said and compare it to the whole word of God. The whole word of God. We do this a lot in our family Bible time. Yeah. And we've talked a little bit about this to you guys before, but we'll read a passage and then I will ask the kids, does that mean? And then I'll take like the popular misspin out of context version of what that could mean. Mm -hmm. And the older kids are getting to the point where they're like, no, that, that can't mean that. Because the Bible says this and this and this, and they can, and they can't quote where it's from, but they can tell you the truths about God, that God is just and man cannot save himself, but we're saved by grace through faith and all of these kind of truths. And I don't know if they realize it yet, but what they're doing is they're testing the spirit of what is being said. So you can see, just reiterating, discernment starts with truth, with absolute truth found in the word of God. And then comes the next level where you start to test what you are hearing to the word of God. And not just to one sentence taken out of context, but to the whole Bible. Right. And that's where one of the character traits that we have identified is the character trait of knowledge. Yeah. And I don't know if that's maybe the best way to say it, but what what the expression is, is to build a knowledge of what is in the scriptures. Yeah. And I hope that you guys got an opportunity to listen in on some of our podcasts where we talk about building a biblical worldview. Yeah. Because that is kind of the breaking down, the practical, the shoes on the road of how to, or ideas of how to start in giving your kids that type of knowledge. Yeah. Huge. And so then as that knowledge grows, then that gives them a strong foundation of knowing what is right or wrong according to the scripture, according to the written word of God. Yes. To know what is right and to know what is wrong so that when they hear something, they're not sidetracked by or deceived by it. Yes. But that they know what the truth is. Hello, we want to interrupt this podcast today to let you know that it is brought to you by Heritage Home Family Farm, a Christian family seeking to bring a legacy of flavors to your table. This family is passionate about building the family culture and making homemade with ease. They have a series of spices, loose leaf teas, and baking mixes available to make delicious, clean, and easy homemade food at your table and in your kitchen a possibility in today's busy world. Find out more at heritagehomefamilyfarm.com. And um, as Darren has pointed out, one of the ways that we like to also impart knowledge and to build this um, 
community, this relational community about studying the Word of God together is in our family Bible time. And Darren doesn't uh, isn't passive during this time. He's very active in reading, uh, sharing what was read, and then to check for comprehension, to check for uh, application of what was read, ask questions. Yeah, and then I think another thing that you do really well with the kids right now too is working through a catechism. Yeah. That also is just building the knowledge while it's not the direct study of scripture, it is a result of wise men gathering systematically what the Bible has to say about salvation mm-hmm. and the creation of man and who God is and who man is. And those things also build that knowledge. And you might say, well, but okay, you have the knowledge, but then we're not, we don't want to be argumentative, right? But Peter says, like, to defend the hope that you have. Yeah. But to do it in a way that doesn't offend. To do it in love. Yes. Right? And Paul says in Ephesians that we are to not participate in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead even expose them. Yeah. And this, I mean, we say this a lot, but don't hide the conversation from your kids. I'm just picturing like right now, if you have something that you're trying to use your discernment in, you're trying to decide if it's best for your family or not, show your kids how you weigh out the two sides of the choice. Show your kids how you go to the word of God to discern what the word of God would encourage you to do in that situation. Show your kids how you will pray for prayerfully consider it and then show your kids why and the verbiage of that choice yeah it's so interesting when you're talking it it all these things are like oh teach your kids this teach your kids that but they're also these great reminders like do this do that right model yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's this reminder to, to dig into the word and then when you're faced with a decision that requires discernment to go to the lord in prayer over that And that's one of the other character traits that we want to be building in our kids and modeling for our kids and teaching our kids is prayerfulness. And we've talked about the Prince of Peace, right? And that if you're walking in the Lord's will, you'll have this like supernatural peace that you don't understand. Tell your kids that. Yeah, yeah. Talk to your kids about when you're having a hard time discerning and you feel like you've made a decision and you walk out that decision and you have peace about it. Praise the Lord for that. If you walk it out and you still don't have peace about it, go back and do it again. Like go back and do your discernment process again. Yeah. We should be teaching our kids, right, to have a prayerful heart and spirit and being humble in that Mm -hmm. process to be always seeking the wisdom of the Lord. Yeah. And you know what? It's totally appropriate for parents, even if we already have deciphered and discerned Uh, a situation, it is appropriate for us to explain why we have arrived at our decision through the word of God, through prayer, and through uh, logic even, right? Like it's okay and it is needed to say, okay, so these are the two camps, right? Like 
People feel this way and people feel that way. Yep. How do you feel when you hear those things? Do you know anything in the word of God that would help you decide which camp to be in? You don't have to tell them your answer right away. You know, like work it through with them. When you arrive at the end, be like, you know what? Mommy and daddy feel the same way. And we've had to go to scripture to find that that is why we believe this too. That just bolsters that confidence in that decision of uh hope that they have yeah and it it doesn't have to be that you have the answer right up front either no it's okay to model to your kids to say that's a tough situation we're gonna have to read and pray about what's right for us to do in that upcoming decision you know whatever it is and you know, thankfully, a lot of times there is time to do that, but sometimes there's not. Right. And sometimes emotions play heavy in it. And if you do a little insight to my personality, <laughs> if if the emotions are heavy or up uptight about it and the pressure's on to make a decision, I default towards no. Always no. <laughs> Always, the answer is no. That, that is just that is, that is my default. And I don't know if that is just because I don't want to regret being in a situation later. And so I, it's just my personality. I have a tendency to deal with the tears (laughs) now versus regretting the situation that I led the family into later. And I don't know, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about men and women. And the guy that was on the podcast was saying, sometimes that is the gift of the man. Yeah. To be able to be like, I have the solution to that problem. No. Yeah. And then carry it out. Well, and you know what? The Lord has given us different roles and responsibilities. And um, as women, we definitely fall into the emotional camp. And we need someone to help guide us and instruct us that way. But as God in God's goodness, it also helps us round out the a situation when the husband and the oh, wife yeah. can like work through it together and again totally appropriate for your kid to see it if you're doing it in a healthy way yeah it, you know carry out your biblical roles biblically you know have a good and respectful discussion about how you come to the decision and sometimes the <clears throat> the gracefulness of the wife <laughs> and no I, i'm sorry i know sometimes- i'm just laughing i'm so not graceful like <laughs> Sometimes the gracefulness and and caring love of the wife is what brings the husband's priorities into the the loving side of a biblical view and the loving side of biblical action and helps prepare them to lead their family well into that situation by doing whatever preparation is necessary to be in a situation that you should be in, but that might be uncomfortable for one reason or another. And so it it is a a wonderful God-given thing that those things go together. So good. I also think um, there is this... I don't even know. It's probably still out there. This movement, this expression. I hear a lot of moms saying it. This, because I said so 
type of um, response to questions. But I just encourage you, as I try to encourage myself when I hear millions of questions a day, to lean into the questions specifically if they're or if they're questions revolving around a child deciphering discernment. The why, why do we do that? Like, let's take that opportunity to stop and talk about it, to show, um, even if you don't have a Bible with you, just to talk about the biblical principles about why we do something that we do. I understand we have young kids, you know, that two-year-old that just says, but why, but why? I'm not talking about that. We have a whole system in our house. If I ask a kid to do something, two-year-old, and they say, you know, they have the question why, their response needs to be at that age, yes, mama, and then they can ask me why. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we're talking about a little bit older. We're talking about they're working through their thoughts about discernment, about absolute truth, about hard conversations or topics. Try your best not to run from them. Yeah, and a good place to start with that is in Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may approve what the will of God is, that which is good and pleasing and perfect. Mm-hmm. And and so just introing that conversation, building your kid's faith to know that they are not going to look like the world looks if they're walking in the spirit and they're living in this new mind that is discerning what is good in the eyes of the Lord, not what is good in the eyes of man. All right, let's talk about some challenges. As we always say, there are going to be challenges, and let's ready ourselves for that battle. Let's not be complacent. Let's not be fearful. Let's just know it's coming and prepare ourselves. I was just pondering. I wrote an article on our RaisingRices.com blog a while ago. It's called Discernment Brownies. Do you remember it? Oh, yeah. And um, it was an analogy that I was giving to my kids to show that There are things that can look attractive, but, you know, might need a second glance or a second look. And this is, I'm going to tell you the analogy. It's totally um, potty talk. (laughs) (laughs) I would tell my kids, look at this, this company made us this beautiful brownies. Don't they look gorgeous? I'd print out a picture of brownies or, or something. And, and, you know, doesn't that look so delicious? Don't you want some, you know? And then I'd say, oh, you know what? They told me that they put just like, you know, like just a spoonful of poop in it. I know I just said poop on our (laughs) podcast. Can you believe this right now? And then what you think is the kid's response? Gross! I don't want to eat that, you know? And I was trying to show him that that is unfortunately how the devil works, though. He makes things look attractive. He makes them look close to perfect, really good. But there is just that one little scoop of poop in there. Yeah. Right. And it spoils the whole thing. Spoils it all. (laughs) But you can see in the Bible, right, from the first Adam to the second Adam to Jesus. Mm hmm. When the devil presents himself to tempt, it is not this blatantly evil thing. Right. It's it's the, oh, the fruit looks good to eat. I and mean, it's appealing even, to the eye. Yeah, even when he tries to tempt Jesus. Right. He is saying biblical things out of context. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Take the scriptures, rip them out of context, 
and try to get Jesus to put the Lord to the test or to satisfy his human craving for food or Mm -hmm. yeah, bow down and worship the devil for the, the gain of all the kingdoms of the world to rule over. It is always deceptive. We, We might think, Oh, it's easy to identify the thing that is evil or wrong, but it is deceptive. And the more, though that you kind of exercise your muscle Mm -hmm. of identifying things that are deceptive, identifying things that try to slip in a little bit of secular humanistic worldview, identify the things that seek to glorify man instead of God, identify the things that seek to promote relative truth. Yeah. These type of things then the easier it is to kind of pick up on them really quickly. Like one of my favorites to pick on is Hallmark movies because (laughs) they're always like sweet stories that make you smile. But the worldview of the stories is awful. Horrible. Always horrible. You're going to ruin Hallmark (laughs) movies for any listener right now. So, but I mean, my point would just be like when you have an 11 year old girl. Yeah. Daughter. Mm -hmm. Be careful. Like, like that's just a, a deceptive example. Be careful what the worldview of the love story that you're watching together is. Cause even if it's, wholesome in the sense that it's not graphic right it can still carry a misnomer about what love is about what the role of men and women is you know so many things and it's just deceptive yeah and that's great and a a really good conversation we need to have on another podcast that just everything feeds into the mind and is developing truth Whether you think they are old enough to receive anything or not. Yeah. So we hope, though, that today we encouraged you to think carefully and discern well good from evil. And that you are encouraged to do that in front of your kids. Mm -hmm. To show your kids the process when you are making a decision for your family and for them. It's important. We hope that was encouraging to you and that equips you to go out and do your parenting for the week. As always, we are passionate about raising households that serve the Lord, and we are excited to walk around this journey with you. If you want to give us a follow at Raising Rices or at Lead Your Family, we'd love to encourage you further on that. Also, if this podcast blessed you today, feel free and encouraged to leave a review or send it to someone who also might need a little boost in the arm. Thank you so much. Have a great week.